0: happening <laughs> hey that was my silence oh sorry <laughs> stop it <clears throat> okay silence starting now Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast too beautiful to live. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as Jail Dude, and on Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TBTLs, but this is our Saturday show where we have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play and discuss their favorite segment in TBTL history. I cannot do it all by myself here in Austin, so wearing her engineer cap for the first time in Everett, Washington, is the most perfect ten I know. The nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, C-Wise.
1: Hello, Mike.
0: Are you nervous?
1: A little. It's a lot on you tonight. This is the most important guest we've had. She's,
0: well, the guest is one thing, but you're running the show over there. So I know. It could uh, be a
1: shit show.
0: <laughs> don't screw this up, because who knows when we'll get this guest on again. And the guest that I'm talking about is per... Per her request, the guest's request, and Christie's request, joining us is the love of my life, my moon and stars, my lovely bride, Emily. Hello, my darling.
2: Hello, peaches.
0: <laughs> there she is. Okay, well, we're going to talk to Emily in just a second. I'll just set the table here. We have, uh, I think, just one thing that we must discuss. Uh, the guest, of course, has a clip for us, and that clip is going to be Luke and Vanessa, his ex-girlfriend, now uh, girlfriend at the time, when they were about to buy a house, they snuck in uh, to an open house and made some fools out of themselves. It's a really great clip. So hang in there and we'll get to it very quickly. I uh, will also let you know how to get involved. And then of course, Christy has to bust some balls over um, over some housekeeping as usual. But the thing that we must discuss, Christy, I don't think myself, you, Bobby or Meredith, I don't think any of us are as popular on the LRB Facebook page as Emily, because Ow. I posted a couple updates from the hospital this past week after her surgery. And I think like over a hundred people were liking the things and commenting. And it was it was pretty amazing. People were just coming out of the woodwork to to show their support. I've given some pretty lame updates on your health on this podcast. So now that we have you on, can you let us know What happened and and how you're doing now?
2: Yeah, I had a five centimeter brain tumor in my right frontal lobe resected a week ago today and I'm fine. I mean, my only complaint is it feels like I had a Charlie horse in my left calf that was allowed to go on for hours and hours, if you can imagine that, and nobody helped you that's what it feels like and it's been like that for a week so I'm complaining about my calf um I don't really have any differences in my I haven't challenged myself mentally but I didn't have any memory loss can still do everything better than Mike (laughs) and people have been sending me wonderful cards and Packages and Mike has been taking really good care of me, even though I tease him on Facebook. He has been taking really good care of me. He's very thoughtful, he keeps the pain pills coming on time. It was a low grade oligodendroglioma, which is a a good kind of slow growing cancer, but I don't know how it's going to be treated yet. I won't know for another, at least another week.
0: It was, it was, it went just about as well as any of the doctors thought it could and the outlook is about as good as anybody thought it could get so success but yeah uh, sh- emily is still recovering and keep those keep those packages coming i'm enjoying the food a lot oh, <laughs> thank you guys
2: sick. i'm enjoying the thoughtfulness and people have been sending me scratchers
1: nice <laughs> I want have you s- want any big bucks $16. What? You can retire on that. Well, if you count the We're one gonna that I was to.
0: forced to buy, it, it's $21.
2: Right. So, yeah. Including yours, it's $21. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for sending those scratchers, for buying those scratchers, because I have a real problem buying scratch tickets. It just, I don't want to do it. What
2: about buying them for your wife who has a brain tumor?
0: I did, yeah. and it was hard. Uh, <laughs> You're, but every, if, one of the benefits
2: of, of this is you can be unprincipled all my standards are gone
0: yeah well you married me so
2: <laughs> no There's
0: a slow oh. slide to that
2: we don't know how long the tumor has been
1: around
0: yeah that's true <laughs> that
1: could that's have true. affected it
0: <laughs> it's slow growing so it could predate our relationship
1: um for people that aren't aware of your relationship i don't know how they would stumble upon our podcast and not know do you want to give a quick recap of how you met
2: um yeah i mean we both listened to tbtl when it was on the radio in seattle and um he started facebook stalking me we met at the book club in columbia city the something wife of oscar wow and then he wooed me slowly and then he moved to austin which was very sweet of him because it made it real easy for me. And then you got married. And then we got married on TBTL at a live show in Columbia City.
1: Now, a lot of people have asked, I don't know if they've asked you, but asked me, was that Mike just being cheap to get a free wedding? Or is that something that you were all on board to?
2: <laughs> I was on board. I mean, I'm more, I was more into the marriage than the wedding. Mm-hmm. I could not, when I was a little kid, I couldn't even imagine being married, getting married. I just, I did not romanticize it. And I really didn't think I would get married when I was a little kid. So it was way more about, you know, just being married to Mike. However, that ended up happening than then the ceremony. And it was fitting to get married on the, you know, where we met.
0: And I think it was as much Jen's ideas, it was mine. I think we almost simultaneously emailed each other because we, I had moved to Austin like six months, five or six months previous. We were already engaged. And then this live show was announced. And then it was, well, it's, you know, it was in July in Seattle, which is gorgeous. And it was like right around my birthday. So, you know, it just worked out.
2: Yeah. It was a lovely weekend and free yeah I mean it was free. it was trouble free. I'm sure people were probably insulted that they weren't invited. My parents weren't there. You
1: could just send the link right
2: i I don't <laughs> know if people thought it was weird uh they didn't tell me except for some commenters on my northwest dot com who said it'll never last. um <laughs> I enjoyed that. I mean, what you can't say anything to to that until. You know, you're it, both t- dead or whatever, right? Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You have it put on your tombstone. See, commenter on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I told you so. Well, that's an interesting question. So you both kind of met on those message boards, along with the early Facebook. What is worse, the Maya Northwest messengers or the Stens page? I, I don't know. I don't look. I, whatever
2: of the stins page st- shows up in my feed I look at I don't go to it unless there's some horror going on there that I'm <laughs> <laughs> deadly curious to find out about I don't have scorn for the page or the people who are on it I think it's a lovely page and a lovely community
1: so then my northwest is worse i th- i think it's worse only because well there were trolls for, yeah of,
2: there and, were trolls of am radio on there right, i mean right. you can't even yeah. say there's nothing to say down. about yeah. that yeah i mean they're they're not entirely human i can't remember i don't know mike you may may have known who the trolls were or like their handles but i just mm-hmm. remember having no patience for that you know, yeah, like nobody I, cared. Nobody cared. Nobody hated Luke or loved Luke that much. If they did, they <laughs> would be so weird. Right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That there was somebody, I can't remember the guy's name, like Bill or something He was like completely over the top and loved Luke and loved Jen, but just was kind of hard to understand.
2: Well, wasn't he drunk? I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know who he, who this person is that you were mentioning. But it was
0: wild. I just, his name was Wild Bill or something like that.
2: I just figured there is an element of drunkenness, and I was <laughs> going to do that person, not the person you're naming, because I don't know who that person no. is. Just do him a favor and not take him seriously. I mean, good lord, I don't want to be taken seriously when I'm
1: drunk. <laughs> right. No one should have to be. You know. And, right. and the, so then the. I mean, those comments, it's never going to last. I could see people saying that now just to because you're way better than Mike. So (laughs) I could see that as a joke, you know, like a loving joke at Mike. But
2: yes, I mean, we've both been married before. So for the love of God, we got to try to hold this thing together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Christy, put her through her paces.
1: Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Emily, welcome. (laughs) You've been the guest I've been wanting the most. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, What was your first episode of TVTL, if you remember it?
2: I didn't know when the show was going to start, so I just kept, every time I would think about it, I would go check and see if the show had gone on the air yet. So, I mean, I... Um, listen to the first episode, not live, but very soon after it started. So, I mean, I listened from the beginning and I did, I used to try to listen when it was on the air because, you know, it's later for, it was later for me. So I was, I was going to bed when it was starting and I would like have a laptop near my head in bed. And, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know. It was kind of hard to listen to that way. So I did eventually listen to it always like the next day, pretty soon after the, after the show started. And that was an option. So how did you find out about it? Well, I really liked the Bryant Park project when um, Luke was on it and I could not stand it when Pesca took over um, I thought it was a travesty. I couldn't believe they thought that that guy could even match Luke's tone. That, I mean, <laughs> he just... You know, Luke was way more devil-may-care. And, you know, I just liked that. I loved how he did not give a shit mm-hmm. about the audience, his coworkers. workers um, <laughs> You know, it, it really appealed to me. And the the funny thing about Luke is... I don't know, I've heard... Women have crushes on him, but I mean, how could you? You've heard the podcast. I mean, there's (laughs) nothing appealing once you know all of his weirdness. What I don't see how you can sustain an imaginary like a sustain a crush. Um, just too much is revealed, which is why I like the show and, and like him and think he's a great host. I mean, of course, because I mean, I cannot. I cannot get enough of his poop stories, but there's no way I'm having any kind of like fantasy or I don't know, crush on him. Mm -hmm. But I guess what I would say is kind of before TBTL, he intrigued me personally. And then I just thought he was, you know, funny and personable after after listening to the podcast.
0: But Emily, didn't you kind of go full circle on Pesca and that you, you hated him at first when he took over for Luke on Brian Park project. But eventually, I mean, you went through a period with Pesca where he was kind of your crush and now you're kind of out (sighs) on him again. Yeah. I'm
2: afraid so. Yeah. (laughs) It, it, it was very hard to sustain. Um, My crush that I had on Pesca and I don't listen to the gist, you know, it's in my feed and I haven't listened to it in months. Um, He just goes, he's a little bit too out there with the stuff like stream of consciousness. I appreciate a little editing and um, (laughs) Mike needs to edit because he's, I mean, I, one thing I've learned is that a lot of people whose minds work a certain way and who make certain puns, they're not good spellers. And that is why their brains will let them go there with words. And I just cannot forgive Mike's atrocious spelling, a- among other things. It just reveals, I'm sorry, but what I consider to be, like, I love him. He's definitely smart. But um, I don't know. I, You know, a lot of times people say, blah, 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 somebody's college, Emory University, whatever, didn't do him any favors. But it's like, He should have learned all that by ninth grade. So Long Island or whatever failed him. (laughs) Huge. I just, (laughs) I would prefer him to be a little more rigorous with his grammar and, Mm. and his, and his spelling. But he was, he was looking fine there for a while. And I guess he actually still is, but I'm over my crash. So it's really hard for me to, for me to go there mentally.
1: Okay, so which episode turned you from just a casual listener into a 10?
2: Mm, I I listened to everything. I don't think there was any particular episode. Um, I found that f- episode where they talked about... I guess it was the first episode where they talked about Celine Dion. I thought, well, this is the worst topic. <laughs> and they managed to make it, you know... I mean, it was... There was something to it. It was... It was worth listening to. I was probably all in before the podcast even started. I appreciate Jen's character on the podcast, but I think I probably like her better as a person. She tries so hard to be a good person. And I don't know. I I think it's a shame that you would say that about somebody because uh, it seems like everybody should try to be a good person. But she's conscientious and maybe at first when I started listening I wasn't sure what I thought of her as a character on the podcast but I liked it just fine and I just wanted to hear Luke Burbank so Mm. I mean what there's a lot there was a lot of Luke Burbank you know back then she Mm -hmm. let him take center stage and be the star kind of and I mean her producing was so I can't I cannot imagine trying to produce against the force that is Luke because he was always <laughs> he was always deprecating her ideas and that show really benefits from production. I loved her rules. Right.
1: He he always made I know her rules and her the segments that she made. I mean, he even talked about it last week where he refuses to listen to that mystery show because he did it first.
2: Oh yeah. And I'm with him. Cause I listened to oh, that mystery it. show and I have a thing about Starly Kine. Um, that's probably not fair. I, I guess it's great that people with speech impediments can be in um, professional radio. human lives. Yeah. And she talks like a baby and I just have the Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew mm-hmm. take on Actually. baby talk and in, in women and I mean, not that I have that. I just, you know, I bought into their theory mm-hmm. long ago, and so I just have trouble setting. I have trouble setting that aside. I would say that her podcast is on par with Mystery Solvers. I was getting kind of irate about that episode that you're talking about, Christy, in the car today, and saying, like, well, number one, I'm 100% with Luke. They mm-hmm. they did it. Just you know, they they didn't have the same topics and they didn't get on Conan or whatever, but they took on the same level of mystery and I thought it was cute. And when Luke said we did that for years, I'm thinking it was a thing from the first one to the last one. There may have been a span of years between them, but how many were there between three and six? I mean, I don't think there were even that many.
1: No. Well, I think they did it better. I
2: can't really listen to her podcast anymore. So I listened to it. I listened to it as much as I could. And then I was just like, well, I already heard this on TBTL. And, you know, (laughs) I gave her a chance. I think Starly Kind is smart and funny. But like I listened to a TED talk of hers and you should do anyone and everyone a favor and never listen to their TED talk. I think that's the kindest thing you can do. (laughs) I don't think anyone should listen to TED talks when... I saw that my old company offered credit, like education credit for a TED talk. I was like, "Well, this is
1: hilarious! <laughs> I can get credit for listening to a TED talk." Oh my lord! Um, well, we already know that you got married on the on the show. But how do you have any other TBTL appearances? Whether it's on the phone or in person, or a letter or email being read? read?
2: Yeah, Luke used to read my emails. I think that was what. Got Mike because I was so hilarious.
1: Yep. Yes, you were very funny,
2: and I was on the show in the studio. I think only once, honey. Wasn't that you were visiting time the, when the there was club? really bad weather?
1: It,
0: no, it was the it was the summer. It was the first time that you visited me. It was the first time we actually met. You, I sent you a plane ticket, and you flew up at like the end of July, early August. And we went down, and we were on the show with Luke and Addie, and then we went to Red Robin afterwards, yeah, yeah that, that was
2: my first trip to a Red Robin. I had studiously avoided that place because I just thought what a name, what a tragic, <laughs> tragic mistake
1: and what did- did you like it? No, yeah, it's
2: no. pretty terrible, of course, then- this is
0: a company that I worked for that she's she's uh She's running down oh, whatever.
2: right now. It's <laughs> like, who wants to get passionate about a, a burger place? I think the one that we went to was an original, the original. It was
3: yeah, more it was like a original. bar.
0: Yeah. Right. And, so that's what. That's how Red Robin started. It was a bar and they all they served was popcorn. And then one day somebody made a burger and then they were off to the races.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't have that connection to Seattle or the original thing, but... You know, I would have I'm sure I would have some hometown pride, especially if I grew up going to that location or, you know, anything before it got super chainy because I yeah, I I don't know. They sound made up. Red Robin. I mean, that sounds made up.
1: It is. It does. And so does all of their food.
2: Do I want to eat items, such as something, a
1: bird? Like, I don't want to <laughs> eat a red Robin, you know. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Like they have drinks like sand in your shorts and uh, Uh, beak. What is the beak one, Mike? Um, I can't remember. Beak alert. I don't know. But if it's
2: not in Florida, then you shouldn't be, you know, going to a place that serves (laughs) that.
0: So there was another time we were supposed to be on the show together. Emily flew up for Christmas that year or the following year. I can't remember, but that was a year we had a snowstorm, and the snow snow snowstorms just kept happening. Like for two weeks. I couldn't even get to the airport to get her. And my, my car was stuck in a snowbank and, uh, there was a, it was a Christmas party and we just couldn't make it down there. My, I, I was driving a car that was just not going to make it. So
2: I was trying to impress the Eastern European fellow you sent to pick me up by s- saying, Oh, you hear this radio show? Well, I'm supposed to be on it. And he was like, Okay, crazy lady! <laughs> it wasn't working
0: and and then, even if he did tune it in, you sadly you were not on it
2: <laughs> well, it's all a lie. right, yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't get he didn't give two craps I, I don't know, it's funny because it kind of leads to the the clip, which is part of the clip is um Luke being or wishing people were more impressed with him. <laughs> I've never been able to successfully name drop Luke Burbank. In fact, I was going over a Facebook exchange that I had with an uh, a childhood friend where I was trying to be like, yeah, bro, anyway, I got married on a podcast. And I sounded like such a loser. And oh, it's just... You can't name drop stuff that you can't even explain. Like, yeah. it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, the people... I mean, I believe them when they say they're excited to to appear on our show, but there's just no way that they, you know, you're even one further level removed from impressing anyone. In fact, you're one level further to people thinking you're crazy to say you're going to appear on a podcast about a podcast.
1: Right. You just don't tell anyone. Yeah. But you can be excited. All the people who care are listening. You don't don't have to say a word. (laughs) All right. So last question. Emily, why does TBTL matter to you?
2: I resent the question. I I think that that's <laughs> such a bad question. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't make it up. I mean, it's it's cute to ask it, but you know, that assumes that TBTL matters to me. I mean, it's not any drama. It's an entertaining. It's an entertaining show to listen to, and I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of the Stens community? So, which is funny. Because it doesn't exist anymore, I mean, people were pretty religious about tuning into the video cast, and it was always a mm-hmm. shit show.
0: It was <laughs> so bad, bad but awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to this clip. This, having listened to it yesterday for the first time since I think it aired for the first time, I know they've replayed it, and that's that's where we got this tape. We're still looking for the original uh, airing date of it. What we have now is episode 841, a podcast on the verge. And it's a compilation of this story that Luke's Luke and Vanessa are going to tell a story about Jen getting trapped on the viaduct. And I, I didn't get to the, to listen to the story that I think Sean brought a story as well.
2: Oh, it was excellent.
0: The, the Jen one was really good too. So I would suggest episode 841. This story I misremembered it in some ways, but um I won't spoil it. Let me just say that uh Luke and Vanessa were were in the process of buying a house and they just decided to try to pull a caper. So Pape, roll that clip.
4: I had quite an undercover adventure this weekend. <laughs> uh although I, I I didn't go on the mission alone, actually girlfriend respondent uh vanessa was there too and she's now joining us by phone from los angeles hi sweetie
5: hi baby how um hi, hi. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm already laughing i
4: should wait. how was your no. how, how was your flight
3: it was good it was pretty um you know pretty smooth i did have a baby who kept trying to grab my boob like there was a baby next to me <laughs> and she kept trying to breastfeed from me <laughs> it was a little bit awkward did you let her up for a
4: while. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you got down there in one piece, uh, particularly considering the humiliation that we both endured on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> now, the backstory story is uh, that we're trying to buy a house here in Seattle, and there's this house in the Mount Baker neighborhood of town that we actually have put an offer on, and the people there have accepted the offer. Which means basically we've bought the house. Now we we had an inspection today, and based on what the report is from that, we could, we could, uh, we could back out on the deal, or we could say that we don't like how the house is, you know, foundation wise and stuff. But in essence, we own the house, if we want to buy it. So, the house was only on the market for four or five days, and so they had an open house scheduled, which they figured we might as well go through with this, even though. Somebody, they have never seen us, right? The sellers have never met Vanessa or I. Someone has already kind of bought the house, but we're going to have the open house anyway. So Vanessa and I had the bright idea that we were going to go to the open house on Saturday, but we weren't going to tell the real estate agent there that we were actually Luke Burbank and Vanessa Romo, the people that they've sold the house to. We were going to get some dirt. I was going to walk around and listen to what people are saying, and hopefully I'd hear a lot of people going, oh my gosh, this is a deal. <laughs> and I thought I would be able to kind of pump the seller's agent for a little information. And Vanessa, you're just always into, because as a former actress, you're just into, you know, playing different roles and the whole undercover thing, right? That was the draw for you.
3: I love the incognito thing, <laughs> love it. So Anytime. we. I can throw on a fake mustache <laughs> or a beret of some sort, <laughs> I'm there. See, that,
5: now this is so interesting to me, because this entire time I've just assumed that you were dragged into another one of Luke's schemes, but you went willingly. Oh, no.
3: No, I love this. Plus, <laughs> like, I love open houses. I love the whole process of this. So, like, like I will go to an open house, you know, I'm like a the ultimate looky-loo. I love to <laughs> see what's inside. I love to hear what other people are saying. I like to get ideas of, like, what I would do if I had the money to buy the house, that kind of thing.
4: So, so we, we roll up to this place, and the plan is my name is going to be Casper, and I told <laughs> Vanessa her name's going to be Gwendolyn. <laughs> so there's a whole other involved backstory to where those names came from, but suffice mm-hmm. it to say. Is those... one of
5: them Charles in Charge? No. who's oh, a... The Charles girlfriend on Charles in Charge, her name was Gwendolyn. I always thought that was very Nicole fancy. Eggert? No, she was one of the kids he was the nanny for.
4: Oh, In real life,
5: he was dating her, but on the show. Anyway, go ahead. So
4: we get up to the house, and it's amazing how nervous I was just to say the fake name Casper. This is why I could probably never actually be uh, Donnie Brasco, (laughs) you know, or something like that. Because just walking up the stairs, and this guy does not know us from Adam. There is no reason he wouldn't believe my name's Casper, except I was terrified to try to present myself as someone else to him. We get in the house. He says, hey, I'm Joe. And I go, I'm Casper. And Vanessa, he goes, I'm Joe. And Vanessa, what did you, did you forget your code I name?"
3: forgot. I forgot what my fake name was supposed to be. How I, could
4: you forget Gwendolyn?
3: Because I didn't have a moment to prepare. See, like I was, it was just all happening very quickly. So I forgot Gwendolyn. I forgot the name Gwendolyn. So when he turns, so first he looks to Luke and he says, hi, I'm Joe. And then Luke says, Casper. Then I was like, okay, we're really doing this. It's on. So then I just stuck up my hand and I said, Hi, I'm Bethany.
4: Where did Bethany come from?
3: I don't know. It just it just came. <laughs> I could have gone like La Fonda or Bethany. I don't know. But I, went with Bethany.
4: I think Casper and La Fonda would have stretched time. It would have stretched the bounds of credulity for this guy. Yeah, he probably would have right. kicked us out just right then. Just right then. <laughs> so Okay, so he, he seems to buy those names, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're in. And now we're walking around this house. This house that I have, this is now the third time that I've been in this house. And, you know, when you get to the point where you make an offer on a house, you are already usually pretty familiar with the inside of it. So we've already spent a considerable amount of time in the kitchen. Well, it's
3: only my second time in the house.
4: Right, which is part of why we wanted to go to the open house, because Vanessa had been in L.A., and so... But I had seen it before she did, and at this point, this is my third time of being in this house. Ha- like I, I feel like I can visual, I can picture every room in this house in my mind because also I was obsessively looking at it online and all the stuff you do when you're kind of thinking you're going to buy a place. But we're still pretending. Oh, is this where the dining room table is? <laughs> and I'm picking up flyers. I have like a hundred. Is the realtor flyers.
5: kind of following you a little bit, or is he leaving you alone?
4: No, he's leaving us alone, isn't he, Van?
3: Yeah, he was kind of leaving us alone because he he seemed like was a... like another person in the house when we first got
4: there. And he also seemed like a pretty low key, kind of respectful guy. He wasn't gonna stalk us. He just let us have our mm-hmm. have our little t- personal tour of the house that we wanted to. But I was getting into the character, and so were you, Van. I noticed that in the <laughs> kitchen, you were going, "Oh, okay, so this is where the fridge is." I mean, you totally <laughs> knew where the refrigerator was.
3: Totally, but I was just doing it for you and then you gave me a dirty look like I was pushing it too far. <laughs>
4: <laughs> of course I was the one you know ultimately Casper.
3: Keep going. Yeah.
4: Ultimately Casper would push it way too far. <laughs> but anyway, so we're walking around the house and now when I go to look at a house at an open house, I might be there for ten or fifteen minutes. After that I start to feel like I'm kind of imposing, actually. But because we're it's very likely we might buy this house. We're, like, measuring for drapes and talking about knocking down a wall. And we just disappear into the upstairs of this house for, like, 45 minutes. This guy must have thought that we were trying to christen the bathroom or something. (laughs) Like, we're just some bizarre sexually adventurous couple that just wants to, like, have sex at open houses. I don't know. That's what I hoped he was thinking. I mean, Casper and Bethany, anything's possible with those two. (laughs) All right. So people have sort of come through the house while we're there. We end up back in the living room, standing there with the the agent. And now I was getting a little bit cocky. Wouldn't you say, Van?
3: Uh, Yes. Casper really started feeling it here.
4: Did you see a kind of something change in my in my eyes that 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 really said, like, I I felt like I was in at this point. I was I was accepted as Casper and I was going to just push it a little bit.
3: Yeah, I saw something.
4: <laughs> so I start talking to the guy, and I go, "So you got any offers on this house?" And he goes, "Yeah, we've actually accepted an offer." And I go, "Oh yeah, did the guy get a good deal?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you know, it was a, it was it was a good deal. It was reasonably priced. We really," I said, "Yeah, I guess the market's really crazy right now. I mean, it's really a buyer's market. I guess you think you could have gotten more money for it." Oh,
3: <laughs> Luke!
4: <laughs> and this right? guy too. What's that?
3: I said, right?
4: This guy, to his credit, this agent, to his credit, was completely professional in every way. I mean, he said, oh, yeah, you know, it was uh, the key to selling a house right now is you've got to really price it accurately. And we could have maybe tried to get a little bit more for it, but we felt like this was what the house would fetch. And so it's a great house, and I think the people are going to be really happy. I mean, he was like the picture of appropriateness. And... I'm I'm you know so I'm like talking to him for probably 15 minutes about this these people that made this offer and I'm trying to glean any I I wanted him to look at me and go between you and me this thing is built on an Indian graveyard <laughs> It's haunted and uh, they used to you know they used to uh I don't know uh kill there used to be a goat processing plant in the basement so you can't ever get the smell of goat blood out of it But, of course, there was nothing like that, and he just said, yeah, no, he was, like, very, very responsible and respectful with his answers. All right, so now I'm starting – Casper has found out what Casper is going to find out, and I'm thinking, (laughs) let's wrap this up. And I remember even having the thought in my head, like, okay, this has gone far enough. We need to get out of here before something happens. And as we're about to leave, this uh, husband and wife walk in, and they walk past us. They're kind of looking around the house, doing the thing. They take a flyer. And with this agent, Joe, still standing right there, we're all in the living room, the three of us, this woman comes back through the hallway, and she walks right up to me, and I see this look in her eyes of recognition, and she goes, she points at me, and she goes, you're Luke Burbank. And then she turns to Vanessa and goes, and you're Vanessa Romo. (laughs) Now, realize this agent, Joe, has processed all kinds of paperwork. This is Luke Burbank and Vanessa Romo. He... Those names are burned in his brain. And he's just looking at me with this look of confusion, like, Oh my God. What an a hole. He must, you know, he's looking at me like, "Are like, What is your problem? And I, first of all, I start sweating out of every orifice in my body. I'm sweating. And fr- you
3: know what else? What? You know what else? I'm actually just flashing back right at this moment. <laughs> I remember. I remember your mouth. You know when you get busted in a lie or like there's something really shocking and your mouth is kind of open and like it just kind of stays open, like it's kind of frozen. And your lips are like, what's that? A gape. A gape. Yes. And so your mouth is just like kind of frozen. And I just remember looking at you and seeing that face and just being like, oh, no, I cannot believe. I just I wanted to like just crawl under the rug at that point and just i just actually maybe just want to run out I want to push you out of the door frame <laughs> and just run out by myself
5: well there's absolutely no there is no rescue I mean there nothing there can no make rescue. what Luke just did okay
4: well thank God though no. thank God Van that you were really you you stood by my side <laughs> and supported I was there for you except for the part where you went into a dead sprint across the living room ran to the farthest end of the couch set yourself down and started staring out the window
3: <laughs> well i was i was laughing and my face was bright red and like it just was too much i couldn't handle all of casper's questions just came back they were echoing in uh, my mind
4: i was thinking to myself i had this quick moment of thinking okay What's – how do I explain this? Oh, my name that's, my name's like that guy who has the radio show, but it's di- – but mm-hmm. like – and uh, mm-hmm. but then it was the fact – you know what it was? It was the fact that this lady also knew Vanessa by first name. It was like maybe I could have explained away something with my name, but we were just completely – We were so busted. busted. And so the lady goes, oh, she's talking to Vanessa. She's like, oh, you're up here from L.A.? And uh Van you're kind of not even looking at her you're just going uh huh
3: Yeah I was just like staring off because I, I couldn't bear to make eye contact with anyone especially Joe like I had also kind of glimpsed it at the corner of my eye Joe's face when he to,
4: He was just so disappointed in us
3: He was disappointed and beyond I mean he what is he supposed to say at this point you know he like oh it was I just felt so horrible for Joe
4: so then the lady goes, Oh, where do you live? I mean, she doesn't know any of the backstory. So she goes, Oh, where do you live? And I go, uh, I live on Capitol Hill. By volunteer park, like in a really jerkish way. Not even because I was trying to, but because I just, I wanted her to stop talking to me so she could leave, so then we could leave. So I was just, I right, guess, yeah. being as curt as she possible. Was it
3: more and more impossible for us to ever get out of this situation right. because she had so many questions. She was so inquisitive.
4: Like, if there was any chance that there was, this was a mistaken identity. She was blowing it by giving me like, right. oh, and isn't your social security number one two five seven nine? <laughs> And so eventually she goes into the back. She's like, okay, well, bye. Nice to meet you. She she goes into the back room of the house, and I look over at poor Joe, and I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We just we wanted to look at the house, but we didn't want it to be, like, a big deal, so we thought we would come up with names. And then I came up with Casper, which was a terrible fake name. I'm so sorry. I can't believe we did that. I'm such a jerk. And he just looks at me and goes, this isn't the first time. <laughs>
5: Poor Joe.
4: And eventually the lady comes back into the main room with her husband, and I go, Look, I'm really sorry. The deal is we're the people who put the offer on this house. We were trying to look at it without this guy Joe knowing. Why that we are were you the explaining people. it to the lady? Because I had been a massive jerk to her.
3: He had kind of been rude to her. Oh you my know? And gosh. he was giving very curt answers. And she was just, you know, kind of happy she put it together and she I think, you know, she likes that. She knew that it was Luke and,
4: you know. She, she actually know said to me, because she listens to the show. She's a TBTL listener. That's she takes, how she knew who you were. She takes her walks in Columbia City yeah. and she listens to the show. She's looked at the prom photos. What are the odds of that? And, and she was in L.A. and she heard one of Vanessa's NPR stories. And put it together that we were the, it this, this was the same Luke and Vanessa. So not only has she heard of my show, she's heard Vanessa's radio work.
5: You were rude to one of our listeners? Well,
4: the good news was when she came back in, I explained, and she goes, she goes, yeah, I kind of thought you would be flattered to be recognized. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, normally I love it. I know. Well, the the funny thing is it never happens. I always kind of secretly want it to happen. I want someone to be like, aren't you the radio star? And that has never happened to me. So I kind of apologized to her. We actually had a very nice chat. She and her husband were exceptionally nice. By the end of the whole thing, Joe seemed to be hating me a little less. Good. So I appreciated that. Good. And, um, you know, we we got out of there. And I don't think that that gives him some kind of legal reason to now deny us purchasing the house. <laughs> no. Although if, if it did, I wouldn't blame him. If He said, I don't want to do business with some half-witted Jean Parmesan. <laughs>
3: parmesan
4: moment <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness so that was our weekend and uh you know i i think i learned i think i learned my lesson about uh about trying to uh you know ply my undercover trade i just i'm not i'm not cut out for that kind of work <laughs> at all and neither are you by the way van <laughs>
3: Well, look, when someone positively IDs you and knows everything about you, like, there's no way you can do that. It has to be, you have to be undercover and nobody, it's like 21 Jump Street, you know? I know, but the, how
4: does going to the exactly other end like of the that. room and sitting on the couch trying to hide help things?
5: That's more logical than going into the really long explanation. Yeah, or being a jerk to
3: someone. <laughs> that doesn't really help you. <laughs> I at least, you know, listen. Gonna pull it together there.
4: Listen, Bethany, I've gotta, I've gotta go. <laughs> we gotta take a break here. We're gonna be in big trouble if we don't uh, break for the uh, the commercials right now. But thank you. Okay. Thanks for being the wind beneath my wings uh, on our undercover <laughs> mission.
3: You know, it's Bethany. Bethany did that to you.
4: <laughs> well, me. I want to I want to apologize for the way Casper acted over the weekend. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, the first thing I want to say about this, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not, I thought about it, I mean, because it it ended up being ridiculous and a failure and all that, but I don't think it was that bad of a plan.
2: Oh, Lord. I I think they got busted. Lord (laughs) have mercy.
0: No, hear me out. I mean, it was an incredible stroke of bad luck that got them caught.
2: Oh, whatever.
0: But as a curious person and thrifty person, I'd like to know if if it's possible for me to know if I'm getting a good deal on a house, a bad deal on a house or the right deal on the house. So what they did, I don't think. It's called market
2: research. It's not called asking the seller's agent to like if you would say, oh, yeah, we were really we really got had by these you know, master real estate negotiators <laughs> who can't even figure out the market well enough to understand if they're getting a good deal or not.
0: Look, I'm not saying it turned out well. I just think it was a good plan. Christy, where do you fall on that?
1: I Well, I love the idea of what happened. I love the aftermath. But I agree with Emily. It was terrible. It was a terrible idea mm. because what I don't understand the end goal, I guess, so, the, so Luke was going to hear that he got a good deal. I mean, he was wanting to have his Susie Burbank stroked or something. Yeah, of um, course. But why? Why does it matter? Either you take the house or you don't. Why does it matter whether you got a good deal or not? Well,
2: well also, anybody who's lunatic enough to pose as somebody else, that is its own reward. They got their just dessert. Their motivation has no part in it. They were grownups. They could have gone in there and said, oh, hi, I'm Luke Burbank and this is my girl from Vanessa Romo. You may remember us from the offer that we put in that you accepted. Right. Like,
0: just go to the open house. Oh, man. Then how are you going to get the straight info? How are you going to get the...
2: I think we learned that that method was ineffective. Well... That method was... Intrinsic, it's it had intrinsic value to adults who knew better behaving like I swear I did not behave like that after fifth grade. And every caper I pulled like that, they don't work out for the person who conceives them.
1: Well, and also, if Luke is actually honest with himself, he wasn't at the time, he loved that this happened. Yeah, I'm sure he
2: did. And and I really listened to it. I had a totally different reaction listening to it now because I cringed way more during the original airing. I, I had more, probably more sympathy for Luke. Well,
0: what, what I misremembered and shocked me listening back this time was that Vanessa was really into it.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I remembered her as more appalled. And in fact, even the first time through this time listening to it, I thought, I thought she ran to the car. I I guess I just couldn't imagine anyone who would stay in that house. I mean, I would have, I would have flipped chairs. Mm -hmm. I would have slid down the the stairs on my jeans. Like I would Mm -hmm. not, no way I would have abandoned him up there.
1: I probably would have run into the bathroom because those stairs are pretty steep. (laughs) I've been up on a couple of times, but, um, also let's remember that she still lived in LA at the time. Right. So she's in her honeymoon period. She has to, Ugh. you know, she's still wanting to impress him.
2: Oh Lord. Can you imagine what an impress Luke? Like bless her heart. I've always <laughs> oh, wondered geez. what was going on there. Like, how did he, I've always wondered how he pulled any of it off getting, getting ladies to like him. I mean, <laughs> he's pretty charismatic. He's charismatic, but I'm talking about, you know, when you're, you know, you have to let those people touch you too.
1: Pretending that you're Bethany.
2: I get everything I need from Luke on the podcast. I don't need to marry him or buy a house with him.
0: Well, Christy, the thing, the thing about Bethany is that wasn't even the name. she choked on the name. Gwendolyn Mm -hmm. was what she was supposed to use. And then she immediately forgot it and went with Bethany.
2: You don't, don't call your partner's name. It, what, what, a, what a misogynistic move. She picks
1: her own name. And Bethany was way better. It was better. But he alluded to that there was a inside joke to their names. And I wish I knew what it was. Gwendolyn.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, that Casper and Gwendolyn. He said, there's a whole backstory of why we picked those names.
0: Somebody will figure it out. I don't want we to We have know. some clever people listening to that. I don't wanna know. But uh, here's the thing, if you're going to try to pull a caper like this, use a name that you can easily remember like your brother's name or your sister's name. You know, Casper, Gwendolyn, this is you're not things get rough like someone starts cross-examining you, there's no way. You're, you you right. can't well, stick also, to. Well, also
1: if your name is Gwendolyn, you don't go by that. You go by Gwen. Yeah. It's hm. too much. No yeah. one wants to be friends with Gwendolyn. Yeah, Gwendolyn no. is made up. Right. But, okay, so, Mike, you are the only one of us that's, that lived on the run with fake names. Mm-hmm. But, Emily, what would you have as your fake name if you had to do a caper?
2: When I was a kid, my fake name was usually, like, well, I went by Hester a lot. Oh. But they were is names that you like that, like Edna. Jewish? No. Oh, <laughs> More like Prin. It was pretty much not Jewish. I mean, I may, my, my names were like Bertha Hildegard.
0: Mm. <laughs> Very Gwendolyn-esque. See, when, when I was on the run and I realistically had to get away with it and I had to remember my fake name, uh, I was Andrew Michaels, which is just kind of switching up my first and middle name. And, I never forgot that. But if I had tried to call myself Gwendolyn, I probably would have forgotten it all the time.
1: But Andrew Michaels does sound fake. It sounds like a porn yes, star. Yes, it does.
2: It <laughs> sounds like a bad traffic reporter. On...
0: Yeah. Hey, it worked. What? Oh, God. Is there is there any way can you guys imagine any way that this caper could have gone worse? What do you mean? It went perfect. (laughs) Perfect Perfectly. I don't think it did. I don't think it did because I was rooting for him. Even when hearing the story again, I was like, oh man, I hope he just gets his information and then leaves.
1: Well, I don't, I mean, just like Emily said, I don't know why he didn't just come in and be honest. Because he, oh, oh, because he wanted
2: the, honey, you're talking about a person who wore a suit for a year. Like he doesn't have any problems behaving questionably.
0: All right. I don't know. I'm on Team <laughs> Luke on this one. I, I I thought it would work out. I wish it had worked out. And and it just was one one person, out. one it random worked out person. Out
1: precisely as it was supposed to. <laughs> but it also worked out for him because Team Luke he got recognized probably for the first right. time.
0: <laughs> right. Right, but I'm sure he wanted that to happen at the grocery store and not when he was trying to pull nice. a caper.
2: Did we ever hear from the lady who caught him? Because she's a hero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if she happens on the off chance to listen to this show, you need to write us a, say. oh, oh yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah, we need her and the bobcat lady on the show. Yes. Um. You guys have anything else on that clip?
2: Well, I I do. I mean, the whole episode, you were saying, Christy, that you've been up the stairs a few times. Mm -hmm. I have never been to that house, but I've been by it because my husband, who is the worst stalker, he has no stealth. (laughs) I was like, where's the house? He's like, I remember where it is. I'll drive you right there. And I was like, okay. So we drive in and we're like, I don't know. I thought we were circling the house. He drives into the alley and I think, you know, we had to like back out with <laughs> while like, you know, Luke and Vanessa wave from the, you know, kitchen. It was so mortifying. I helped him put
0: out the recycling. What are you talking about?
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it was um, Thursday.
0: It was, they, had, they had to get that out. Christy, you have anything else?
1: Um, the archiving project is good and I do have a shame of the day, yes. which is Amy Shepard. Amy Shepard is currently binge listening to Nerd Out Loud and the Eureka podcast, but has signed up for the archive project and not turned in any episodes.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. And she's probably so doing she's all this knitting her. and crocheting and just, I mean, right. she has a lot of hobbies to, for someone who's going to sign up for the archiving project and not do it. Let's come on, Amy. Right. Come on. <laughs>
1: Um, stickers are going good, uh, buy buy some, they're really awesome.
0: And the, the proceeds are helping us pay for, uh, the web hosting. And yes. that is, we, we love doing this show, but we don't want it to cost us a lot of money. So if you can get stickers, they're pretty cool. Uh, Emily got hers today. Uh, mine, I still haven't received.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> Oh, heavens the bad Betsy.
1: So I haven't had a chance to play with them or try to stick you them You ordered the them yesterday and then demanded that they arrive. <laughs> hey, I have some I dog's know asses that need
0: covering. what you're going to do
2: with those. All
0: right. Uh, the, the last item of housekeeping. As you can tell, I'm back. Uh, and I hope to be back doing most of the shows now uh, because Emily's surgery was successful. And as you can hear, she's doing well and uh, physically recovering quickly as well. So I want to be as big a part of this show as I can, and I'm happy to be back.
1: We're excited to have you, Mike.
0: All right, Emily, thank you for doing this. I, I shall be back to bring you some tea and tuck you in here in a moment. But uh, I think think that's it uh, for tonight. Um, did you have any final words, Emily, for the for the uh, the Wagoneers?
2: It, it's cool to live life like you don't have a brain tumor. I recommend it. It was always my greatest
0: fear. Really?
2: Really? Yeah. I mean, AIDS, brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you made it through one. Hopefully, you won't have a bout with the other. That would be bad. Oh, God.
2: AIDS? Yeah, that would be ridiculous. I would have, yeah. I'm pretty sure, and I could make up a great story, but that would be so on me. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, so great. you know what's uh, what's really funny is when when Emily was originally going through uh, all this and her symptoms and and when it all got diagnosed, there was so much.
2: No, um, well, there was one neurologist who basically <laughs> said, "You're a dirty whore," and you have to, yeah, you have syphilis and AIDS, and and I was like, "Well, I mean, there's an easy way to you know, there's an easy way to wrap up this discussion." We could test for it. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I have neither.
0: It was really how can, odd how concerned how they were simp- about it.
1: How can your symptoms mean AIDS? I guess uh, AIDS
0: patients get a lot of is it lymphoma, uh, tumor, brain tumors?
2: It's leukoencephalopathy, right. and I think that's a a pretty generic term for your brain starting to melt, or you yeah. know,
1: essentially. <laughs>
0: But luckily, all of that was was ruled out. So,
1: I hope you give that person a bad Yelp review if they have that for doctors. I
2: gave him a factual review when I received his survey, mm-hmm. and there's nothing like the simple facts laid out to really shame someone for their rank inability to. I don't know. I mean, people people um, knock linear thinking, but Linear thinking means you have, you know, one thought after another, and that would be an improvement for this
1: neurologist that I saw. <laughs> All
0: right. On that note, I'm, I'm done. Uh, Christy, okay. you can get us out of here.
1: Until next time, this is the next party.
0: And I love you, Jen.
1: Nailed it.
2: still do everything better than Mike